Can you feel it, my darklings? There's something in the air. We're one episode away from the season finale of Ghosts of Devil's Perch. And the monster in the mine awaits. But before we go there, it's time to go back as we recap Episode 7, Unfinished Business. My special guest, Chris Fisk, this evening, right here on the best in paranormal talk radio. This is The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. We are back. It is Tuesday night, and that could mean only one thing. It's time to revisit the Ghosts of Devil's Perch. This season on the Ghost of Devil's Perch, it has been a wild ride with greed and murder and betrayal and, and lust. We've had it all, and this season is coming to an end very quickly, but we're we're still planning something pretty big. As a matter of fact, my buddy, Chris Fisk, who's joining me right now. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good, but I'm going to be better because I'm excited that this weekend we're going to be together in Buttes. Absolutely. Um, I, I got to tell you, though, this, this image you've sent me, I don't know why you chose that picture i look like i'm on the walk fashion catwalk i think like i was in the middle of taking a step and they took that picture and that's the one you guys chose i don't understand my pose in this but i'm stuck with it i guess this is you know you just can't hide you can't hide perfection okay (laughs) and so we had put it out there for you yeah thanks buddy you're you're a charm elated um, Dave, that you're coming back to visit uh, Butte America once again. Um, the uh, series has been spectacular. Love the way Butte has been portrayed. The photography is unreal. And, and yeah. uh, your, uh, your investigation team, bar none, one of the best uh, well, in thank the country. You. So... Well, we're uh, we're going back, and and this list is only showing half of the guests that are going to really be there, folks. Uh, it says Ghost of Devil's Perch, David Schrader, Weekend Extravaganza. But let's not forget that historian Chris Fisk will be at my side through all of this weekend. So Friday, Chris and I are going to be doing a local radio station, and uh, yes. we'll be taking phone calls and questions at that time. Yes, as a matter of awesome. fact, it's it's called Party Line. Uh, the longest-running radio show in Montana. Um, it's uh, kind of a prep for uh, Halloween here. And, yes, you'll be uh, uh, asking questions and giving Excellent. away prizes. I like it. So that's going to take place on Friday. Plus, we'll be around. You'll probably oh, find yeah. us at a couple of the local pubs, some of the t- breweries, some of the taverns hanging out. There's going to be some of the uh, – now, you are you were telling me all of your tours have sold out. For this weekend right they are um this weekend mm. and in fact dave every weekend in the month 
Uh, every ticket of every seat's been sold, and Beautiful. we're uh, tickled to death. God, the the last one sold before we even uh, uh, had our first tour. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we're excited. We're very excited, and Butte's excited to have you joining us on a couple of those tours. Yeah, and then Saturday I'm going to be at the uh, World Museum of Mining. I'll be doing a book signing, meet and greet, doing pictures, saying hi, shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever you want. Probably not kissing babies because I'm still fighting this cold, Fisk. Uh, that's 1 p.m. at the Museum of Mining. Sunday, 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 Sunday at the U.S. 30 Drag Strip. We're going to be doing the World Museum of Mining meet and greet. There is the Motherlode Theater at 6 p.m. for a Q&A with me. Chris Fisk and 7 p.m. the season finale. We're going to all watch it together. It's a donation of just $10 per person. <clears throat> Pardon me, with the proceeds going to the World Museum of Mining and the Mother Load Theater. Let's pack this place, folks. I've got people reaching out to me from all around, and they're going to try to come in from other states Idaho, Washington. Uh, I know I've got my buddy, uh, the Colonel. From Paranormal 60 News is coming in all the way from Texas to hang out with us. And uh, we're going to also do a raffle for 10 VIPs to go underground with me that night back in the mines. So there's a lot of cool stuff. People want to know, well, how do we get there? How do we sign up? Just show up to Butte. Just Ask for Chris Fisk. Somebody will point you in the right (laughs) direction. I'll I'll be on social media telling you where we're going to be next. You can come (laughs) hang out with us at the bar and we'll have something to eat or drink. How about that? That sounds like a plan. Uh, those are the mainstays that are on the uh, the schedule, awesome. Dave. Um, I, you know, it's kind of funny. We've you've got big fans, you know, here, uh, Roseanne, um, and and so so many others. Uh, Shermaley, also a big fan of yours. Uh, if they can Thank make you. it, they're going to come down. Um, you named all two of my fans. I'm excited. No, well, I hope they... <laughs> that's just, an exa- just, just an example. And so no, I appreciate um, it. it's, it's going to be a blast. Uh, God, mm-hmm. we're so excited that this is happening. This is incredible for Butte. Can you believe it's, it's coming to an end? We've, we've only got one episode left next Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Hard to believe it. it has gone by. I mean, it's been a year since I've been there. Yeah. We finished that's... filming the end part oh, of October. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so, to get cool and getting little spits of snow, which yeah, is gonna start here soon. Oh and God, so. I hope it waits till I leave on, uh, <laughs> on Monday. Well, let's let's talk about this episode, unfinished business. This one was cool because it was cool and it was awkward, right? Because we're called to the the county seat, we're called to the hub, right, mm-hmm. right there in City Hall. There is a ghost that has seen a, a shadow figure, if you will, manifestation that appears right there. The one thing I will let people know, Katie and I, and Katie was supposed to join us tonight because of what's going on all over and and um, weather issues throughout the United States. He's having some connectivity issues, so he, he wants me to send his best. He's going to be here oh. next week with, with Fisk and I and a couple other favorite guests to talk about the season finale, but he can't be here tonight. So we wish him and his family well. But one of the the scenes that I really was heartbroken didn't make the episode, Fisk. Are you ready? Yeah. When we when we get the call that something's happened at City Hall, I said, hey, can we have our Ghostbusters moment? And the director, he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, I, w- I want our Ghostbusters moment. 
And he goes, well, what's that entail? So Katie and I whisper, <coughs> pardon me, fighting this cold. Um, and we have our boxes in hand. They all get outside of the church. They, they, as a matter of fact, one of our camera guys climbs up on the rail so he can get an overhead shot. <laughs> we come blowing out the doors like the beginning of Ghostbusters at the library and running down the stairs and up that hill to City Hall. And uh, it was a glory moment for me. I just wanted it to be shown because in the original cut, I beat KD. So I came <laughs> blasting out those doors, rounded the corner. He turned and he said, how the hell did you get in front of me? I was already halfway up that hill. I knew I had one shot. And that's why in this cut you see, we're doing a little bit slower and it's a pant um, <laughs> as we're uh, making our way up that hill. But uh, it was crazy. When we got the call at first, I'm like, can this be really? It's City Hall. This is taking place. And we go there and meet with a, a very nice woman who is a volunteer. She's just yeah. there doing some work. And she has this chilling experience with this being there. Now you've been in Butte for a long time. Yeah. That site has a lot of history to it. And we, we, we touch on it a little bit, but the galloping gallows, the, I want to dig into this a little bit deeper with you and kind of go into this history on site right there. How many hangings took place? The most legal hangings under the big sky, 10 in that area. Okay. Some of them were, were, in the the northeast corner of the of the courtyard itself, behind the courthouse, and then uh, boy, the majority right there on the backside of the uh, law enforcement building. You know, uh, Galloping Gallows Number Five um, was fitted to execute three the first time, so um, the majority of them would take care uh, be taken care of there. And the other hangings would be virtually in the front door of the law enforcement building right there in that, that yard. Um, Butte was very good at it. They just to, to, to put it in, in terms, you had a chance to see the gallows. I mean, these were works of art. These, these guys took great pride in what they did. Um, and in a couple of different cases, others emulating us, you know, Mm. Uh, here in Montana, Fort Missoula, and our state prison, um, you know, Butte didn't botch an execution whenever they had the opportunity, you know, and they will talk about the galloping gallows. We mentioned it in the episode, but there's no real explanation. Why are they refer? Obviously, everybody's saying, oh, it's because it's the Wild West and, sure, and sure. horses and cowboys. But why did they refer to it as the galloping gallows? Well, th- th- there were a couple of different sets that were actually built. Butte was just really good at building them. And then at that time, Dave, we were pushing near 100,000 people, you know. So we would have capital cases, you know, beginning in, in, in 1917, 18, you know, once a year, once every couple of years. You might have a case, though, in Cutbank, Montana or Shelby, where they may have one capital case in 100 years. And so instead of reinventing the will in these, you know, smaller counties, they'd call Butte. Butte would Mm -hmm. pack them up, send them to them, thus the term galloping gallows. Other places would use our gallows to execute their criminals. All right. Now, talking about the characters we come into contact with, and they they make themselves known pretty early on, uh, especially Tony Vinatieri, right? Oh, yeah. Tony Viteri. Um, Tony Viteri, sorry. You know, historically, 
you you hear the term bad people mm-hmm. and this one was at the top of the list um tony viteri was a, a kind of a transient miner um he had come to butte and was boarded uh boarding uh in meterville itself okay meterville is an italian community and uh tony viteri uh, you know, the rambler that he was, but mm-hmm. kind of a, a loose screw would take up boarding at a, a guy by the name of Cicciarelli. Okay, Joseph Cicciarelli. And uh, unfortunately, um, Tony Viteri and Cicciarelli's 15-year-old daughter started to get to know each other, and he was quite smitten with her, and so Cicciarelli kicked him out, put the boot to him. Mm. Okay. Um a couple of weeks later, Tony Viteri, after going to Boulder, or, uh, you know, some other spots, uh, came back to Butte. And this time he went back to Meterville to take a walk. In this case, took a walk with his uh, shotgun. <sighs> and as he went up Main Street, he came up to uh, uh, Favaro, was the other one killed here. Uh, Favaro and Cicciarelli were out in the yard talking over a fence. And uh, Tony Viteri simply walked up, chambered his first round, shot Cicciarelli uh, in, you know, stomach, chest high, chambered up again and shot uh, uh, Favaro kind of in the shoulder, but angling in, you know, to the uh, chest cavity. Yeah. He's going to continue to walk down like nothing had happened. Um, You know, fortunately, um, uh, Favaro lived long enough as they were taking him to the hospital to tell him who it was. You know, it's that, that Tony Viteri guy. And anyway, um, after shooting those two, Shotgun Slayer in Meterville continued his trip down the road and was cutting across a bridge, uh, kind of a train trestle sort of bridge. Uh, walking out of the neighborhood and coming the other direction was uh, an off-duty uh, security guard. He wasn't even a policeman, uh, mm. but Tony Viteri thought that's what he was. His name was Jaranja. And Jaranja, as he walked by, Tony Viteri chambered another round and shot him dead right there on oh, the grid. God. So the result of this outside of a, you know, capital one, three uh, X um tony viteri is going to leave 18 fatherless children through those three slangs alone Mm. okay three different widows i mean you talk about a heartless act and and that's going to continue even up to his execution so um he uh you know it really is but you know he wasn't dealing obviously you know with a, a full deck um, he caused trouble once they got him to the jail uh, and arrested. Um, by the way, they found him drunk, face down in a snowbank with the shotgun. Um, in jail, uh, he wasn't very nice to the jailers themselves after he received the death. What, penalty. this charming guy? He, he yeah. wasn't uh, just yeah, didn't roll over? There, and... isn't it? Well, wow. I'll tell you what the deal was. Um, and they didn't allude to it in the show, but you know, understand, uh, you know, 19, you know, 10, 1920, 1930s, Montana, you know, there were racial uh, disregards back then, just as there is now. Okay. 
And um, Tony Viteri, the Italian, was angry at the Irishman, the judge, his name was Lynch, that he would let a Chinaman go before he would let him go. And so because of that, Tony felt that Judge Lynch was a communist and would scream it at the top of his lungs, and I want to talk to him, and I should have been treated better than a Chinaman, you know. Uh, the jailers did their best to calm him down, quiet him down, but he was a handful, you know, up to even the point where they were taken to execute him. You know, they opened the jail. He acted, you know, at first real calm, and then he tore into all of those guys that came to get him. He had got somehow a piece of pipe as well as fashioned a spoon into a very uh, sharp shank, and he tore those guys to pieces. Um, they would push him back and they came in the next time with tear gas canisters and then, uh, uh fire hoses just to put the guy down, get him to the point where, wow. you know, they could get him to the gallows. Uh, this almost he sounds like, this almost sounds like he might've been dealing with, um, almost like a low level possession. I mean, the, the, the strength this guy had. I mean, was this normal for him in the rest of his life, or or did this seem even extreme for this guy? This well, this... I would I would think extreme, Dave, to the point that they're coming to kill him. I mean, it, it, think about this. Even as they were putting the noose around his neck, he kept screaming, "Viva Mussolini, Viva oh, Mussolini!" <clears throat> so when you think, you know, could have there been signs earlier? I'm sure. I mean, I wholeheartedly had to have had a yeah something going on uh, to shotgun slay three people, uh, two of which he didn't even know. The only one he knew was Cicciarelli, you know. Um, that's pretty callous. And could there be a possession? I'm not an expert in that area. But if you can define evil, by God, you're going to define Tony Viteria, Meterville, Butte, Montana. Yeah. Unbelievable. And folks, I am watching your comments. I'll try to throw up some of your questions as I can while they're popping up and we'll, we'll get to them. So feel free to interact and be a part of the program with us tonight. So that's Tony obviously yeah. made himself known. I don't know. I kind of watching the episode. I don't know that I felt that it was as clear, but we really felt like he was a henchman for whatever the one, the first was uh, that this being sent him to really yeah. shake our cage and get our attention because of every case escalating. And then we end up with a shotgun slayer, you know, a serial killer, essentially. Um, it, it was, it was a terrifying situation yeah. and he was showing off his abilities that night. I mean, that, she sees him on the site. We get in there and we're walking around hearing voices, hearing footsteps, seeing shadows. And then we capture photograph, not one, but there were multiple photographs as Katie was taking them. And then, you know, I want you to That's understand awesome. folks, the, the camera we had incredible, the screen is so small. So as he's taking them, he starts noticing and, and he's like, looking. and then he's got to, he's got to go back because that camera takes pictures in like, UV, uh, night vision, yeah. and then thermal. So he has to scroll back between them and realizes that in this series, there's four or five pictures of this being just kind of showing up and there. 
watching yeah. us. And he didn't appear in the thermal. He didn't appear in the night vision. He didn't appear in the standard photograph. It was just in the one um, the one set of images. And I can't remember. I, I think that might have been the UV spectrum um, that he was showing up in. I do That's weird. So. Yeah. Those were so, incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. You know, and you, you're going to find naysayers out there that don't believe in ghosts or don't believe in spirits. That's the kind of scientific uh, backup that, that Katie Stafford brings. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the holy grail. That, as far as I'm concerned, that was unreal. That was right. awesome. Yeah, Jeff Johnson says that's a lot of power there. Rarely do you see that kind of stuff. And, and he's right. I mean, again, to hear what we were hearing, to see what we were seeing, to capture photographic and audio evidence of something there trying to get our attention, very irritated, very coarse. It was, it was unnerving. Um, and, you know, we're sitting there, we don't know how bigger, how much bigger this is going to get. And we were following this breadcrumb of trails that the spirits were leaving us. Yeah. And they were impacting and affecting us, obviously, from, you know, my encounter at the Cabbage Patch to the Hennessy Mansion, the emotional turmoil yeah. I was put through there, Cindy feeling the dark presences and things overwhelming and pushing her out of locations. Um, we were getting such powerful moments. And, and you could see from the people we speak to, from the Fink family to the Headache family to, you know, Frankie Angel and, yeah. and Taylor and and everybody, uh, and even seeing how Sheriff Lester was affected. I wanted to ask you about that. This is a guy you've known. When you yeah. see him, how, how do you feel he was taking it? Well, you know, I think that would be a, a, a challenge. I mean, put it into context of, of what these, these folks were faced with. They're getting phone calls of things that they can't even write a report about because there's nothing there or it's, you know, hyperactivity or, um, you know, hysteria, alcohol, whatever you want to say. Okay. Um, imagine trying right. to be the sheriff of that, for, no. you know, just five seconds. And this is not, you know, uh, Mayberry RFD. This is Butte, Montana. <laughs> right. This is a tough town. And yeah. You guys see sudden, stuff. That was the thing is Lester's yeah. this little built like a tank. Right. And he doesn't yes. take crap from anybody. And you know, as as we would spend time talking and walking around or being in the patrol car and doing stuff, and as I would talk about the woo, he would always kind of give me that out of the corner look of his eye, like, <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. I I hear what the people, and, and he would tell me, Dave, listen, I don't want to put anybody down here. Some people are drinkers. Some people are are dealing with emotional trauma, and I'm, I, I'm not a moron. I understand that some of this is probably misrepresented. But what yeah. we've seen unfolding in some of these cases that I'm bringing you to, I, I can't logically, I can't wrap my yeah. head around what yeah. caused that. And so, how is he doing now? I'd say he's doing good. Um, yeah, for for obvious reasons, as your viewers will see. But um, busy as all get out. He and JP, um, our uh, uh, chief executive. And uh, I visited with both of them. They're so pleased with the outcome of, of how the devil's perch uh, has gone. And mm -hmm. it's, it's portrayed a storyline that very much reflects uh, accuracy. But on top of that, it reflects Butte for the beautiful town that it really is.
outside it is. of its numerous hauntings. I mean, we've yeah. got fun. And murders and whorehouses and blood yeah. feuds. Other than the that, it's a, a remarkable town. <laughs> yeah, the typical things, you know, Dodge yeah. City had 80,000 people at one time. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. And that's been reflected great. Donna C. asks, how scared were you when that glass shattered in the dark, Dave? So when we're there on the baseline investigation and we're doing our look around <laughs> and just check in it, we're like, holy crap, there's a, at first I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is like a Halloween prop because a lot of places will put their Halloween stuff in the basement. Yeah. And then I'm looking, I'm like, no, this is a historic piece. And we're we're checking it out and I'm taking pictures which they didn't show, but I actually went back and, and showed the pictures. There's no bullet sitting there when I take yeah. those shots. And as we're talking and things are amping up and we're getting EVP, when the lights go out and that bash hits in that glass, I might have pooped just a little, Fisk. I'm not going to lie. That was a, <laughs> what? That was one of those moments where, you know, then you're thinking, you're logically, my 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 logic brain is going, did one of the camera guys just fall yeah, into something? Did somebody knock it, it over in the dark? Because you're trying to process. Yeah. They're trying to scramble to get the the lights back on their cameras so we can see. We're looking for our phones so we can pull up the flashlights. We're we're literally in the dark, and then to see the glass, and then I'm trying to wrap my head around it, and you could see it. You could see the way I was processing, and I'm like, "Wait, what? The glass broke." First of all, I'm trying to process what kind of power and pressure it would it take because that was one of those big glass. It was like a glass tabletop that was up against the wall. Yeah, yeah. And it was thick. It was that real thick glass. So I'm wondering what the hell. And then when KD notices the bullet at first, it just looked like a chunk of chalk until he lifts it up and starts rubbing it. And you could see it was an old, old style yeah. bullet. And he he's talking to me about it. He's like, man, this is a bullet. And it, it, your brain is in a thought. The logic part of you is thrown out. The the emotional part of you is thrown out. You're just kind of spinning, trying to figure out, yeah, what am I experiencing right now, and how does this all work together? Uh, as you can see, Fisk's having a little bit of connectivity issues, right? Uh, <laughs> sorry, Coach. So I, I might be coughing and hacking all by myself here pretty soon, but I'm so sorry we, if that happens, sir. No, um, <laughs> so will everybody else as they have to listen to me hack my brains <laughs> through this. You're you're saving my life tonight. I can mute while I cough and yeah. uh and get through this. But it was that was that was very strange. Uh Angela follows up with do you think that bullet was from the guy that was gunned down? Now I don't know Angela if you mean um, the gentleman from the cabbage patch. Cause at first that's what I was thinking is, Oh, is, is he is Richard here with us? Is he trying to tell us something because of the bullet and the shot and, and not knowing the story yet of Tony and the slayings and all of this. So I'm just not sure what's going on, but I, I, I don't know. That was the bullet. Can you describe that? You know, bullets well, more. It, you're it a gun was, guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, from the civil war era. You know, there's a, a a level of of technology that started to move, you know, at the end of the Civil War through there. And one of those were the projectiles, okay, the uh, um, the bullets. And those would be packed, you know, either in a, a makeshift uh, a cartridge. 
and or they could be ramrodded to the bottom of a muzzle loader, which you know by then was very old technology. Uh, so when they started using those casings, the bullets got smaller, but they also you know had grooves and twists to make them spin. Um, it the look of that bullet, whatever it hit, had to have hurt. Yeah, and I don't know of anyone that would be shooting that era of bullet. Uh, even around the police. Yeah, uh, a couple questions in here. Courtney Williams goes, I wondered if the bullet appearing out of thin air caused the glass to break due to some interdimensional interruption. That's a you great know, theory, Courtney. That That's exactly what went through my head. I mean, I got to ask you this. Could you, like, taste the juice in there? I mean, the atmosphere, <laughs> you know what I mean? When When that hit... First of all, we're getting EVP. We're, you know, we're just kind of trying to take in this, the atmosphere. Um, there are times that right before activity, we'll hear a pop, a crackle. Sometimes on EVP, you'll get this kind of, and then it's okay. like it's forcing its way through to be heard. And I, I wonder if the apportation, the ability, the power of that apportation, that means that something just appears out of nowhere. Um, it apports. I wondered if that too, Courtney, was the the sonic wave or whatever that might have shattered that glass. I don't know. I don't have any scientific way to measure it. All I know is in the uh, clean underwear meter, it was definitely a brown streaker. <laughs> that was uh, that was that was a freaky one. I know a lot of people keep mentioning Matt's and his theory. Let me roll back here. Matt Johnson says, "Did the bullet shatter the glass and then left on the ground as a warning?" Matt, again, not sure if it's a warning or is a clue. You yeah. could see a hit mark on it. I mean, whatever mm -hmm. was being shot at was definitely made contact, okay? Yeah. Um, I don't think there'd be any way you could figure out if the bullet had actually broke that glass. I wish we would have had a thermal camera at that point because I would have liked to have taken pictures of the bullet to see if there was any was residual energy. Yeah. And from the from the broken glass, would there have been an entry point or something? For those of you uh, that are following the Paranormal 60 page, scroll down through my old episodes, and there is a documentary called The Skull Experiment. Go watch that. The Afterlife uh, Experiments, The Skull Experiment, is crazy, and it talks a lot about apportation. It was a very famous set of experiments that were done in England, and uh, it kind of spread out as more got involved in this. But the, the type of activity that they were getting, if man, Butte would be the town I would like to go settle in for about six months and every day meet with Fisk, meet with a couple of the other paranormal investigators, uh, Mackenzie Coe and some of the others that I had a chance to meet and do like skull experiment where we set up one area. We continually try to make contact there and see if we could replicate the kind of experiences that they had in the skull experiment, because that I believe would be spectacular. There's some kind of rift there. There's some kind of energy. I think we would, I think we would start to have that same kind of impact, but go watch it. It's, it's in my feed. You just have to scroll down through the episodes folks. And there's a lot of episodes here of, uh, of this show and, and some of my past stuff and a lot of cool movies. So go check it out. Um, Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and stay tuned. We're going to show you a clip from next week's episode as well. So everybody can get a little taste of what they can expect. Uh, and, and it's a doozy, folks. But first, let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. There's a lot going on this weekend, folks, and I would like you to join Chris Fisk and myself in Butte, Montana. We're going to have a great weekend of ghosts, ghost stories, and we're going to watch the season finale. Believe it or not, it is this Sunday. It is here. We want you to be a part of it. Come watch the season finale with Chris Fisk, myself, and the Colonel from the Paranormal 60 News. We're going to have a great time this weekend. All you got to do is show up to Butte. Ask where Dave Schrader and Chris Fisk are. Somebody's going to point you in the right direction. We'll meet up at bars. We'll have a, a bite to eat. We'll get a chance to hang out and, and have a little fun. It's just that easy. So come on out, and you've got to see Butte at night. This image I have behind me, I, let me, I'm going to pull you down for a second, Fisk, oh. just so they can kind of get a look. This view of Butte at night is unbelievable. I had a chance a couple times to go up and just stand over this overlook of the city and see it in all its splendor. It is absolutely gorgeous. You got to come out and check it out. And, uh, you know, one, another fun scene for me that did not make the episode, perhaps because it was a little too corny and I'm all for it is when, when JP, you know, your, your mayor, uh, your, your exec for the town called me down to talk about this. He took me up on the roof of city hall. Yeah. And it was this really kind of powerful moment. And I think I'm the one that screwed this up, to be honest with you. As he's very, very much a politician, he's showing me his city. Yeah. And I'm in my black leather jacket overlooking the city. <laughs> and the mayor, I'm up there with Commissioner Gordon. I'm feeling all Batman-y. And the sky is rolling. And there are clouds, dark clouds and storms coming. And I go, uh, after he tells me this beautiful dissertation about these are his people, this is his yeah. city, and he needs us to do something to help them. And I said, well, there appears to be a storm brewing above and below 
in the town of Butte. Yeah. And then there was just this moment and we both kind of looked off into the, into the distance and then JP started laughing and he goes, well, that was the corniest thing I've ever heard. And we all started <laughs> laughing, but uh, I wish he would have made it again. There are these little fun beats that would have sure. been great. Um, sure. But he was so sincere. And I love that about JP, about Sheriff Luster, about you, about the Wolf Pack, the, the, the historians, the authors, the experiencers, the family members. Um, I, I will also say folks, there are eight episodes I weep in four of them. <laughs> so there is a season finale weepy moment coming. And I didn't see that one coming, Fisk. So I yeah. I, I, yeah. I I will not tease it, but it it I got choked up hardcore. And I'm worried I'm gonna do it again when I come back to Butte this weekend. So uh, I've I've quickly become the uh the pa Ingalls of the paranormal. I've become the uh Michael Landon, the weepy uh, yeah. weepy angel. But it was so cool to see this town and see the way people cared about each other and everybody knew each other. And it was funny on Friday nights, if we had to film, everybody kept looking at their watches and, uh, and, and JP at one point is like, guys, I love you. I love this show. My boys are going to start playing football in 10 minutes and I'm <laughs> going to be go. there. <laughs> and everybody just got up and left to go watch football. It's, I think the town folds up at Friday nights for Friday night lights. And uh, yeah. it was great. It, it's great to see that. And now I can understand where there was so much love and compassion. I don't think we see that, you know, here where I live in Minnesota, you don't see that kind of connection where the mayor walks down the street and everybody knows him and the sheriff yeah. drives down the street and everybody's like, Hey, Sheriff Lester. And, you yeah. know, it, it is. It felt very Mayberry to me, especially you know coming what I from always say, my life. And I've said this for years, um, Dave. I've always said that if Norman Rockwell was still alive, he would paint Butte. Um, yep. It kind of a humorous, you know, I've always kind of said, you know, that Butte sometimes gets caught up in this cultural jet lag, and that's their comfort zone. Um, what Butte has, you, you really can't buy in a pocketbook. Their people are no. sincere. They're hardworking, and they are friendly. Yeah, if we could just get away from that giant cesspool pit of acid water <laughs> in your town, everything else about it, I, I you know, I was saying, boy, I'd kind of like to, I wouldn't mind moving to Butte and retiring and just being yeah. in Butte. And I'm like, but I'm also you're worried a half about mile acid lake, aren't you? from the giant acid lake and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm already not an avid outdoorsman. Fisk offered me a few times. He's like, hey, Schrader, we have a let's day off this hunting. weekend. Let's go hunting or let's go out and I'll I'll take you the back roads. I'm like, oh no, Chris, do you have any place inside we can go hang out? Like a <laughs> yeah. Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese you or got any spas, you know? <laughs> spas. I need you a know. foot massage and uh <laughs> no, but you guys are, yeah. are great and good food in town too. I'll tell you that. There were some amazing places to eat, which has we nothing did, to do with the paranormal, I, but, but it was good. Yeah. I don't know. Can we say their names out loud? I, I sure. Well, you Casa Grandes, you had a good rib steak there. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, twice. That, I went yeah, back there twice because it was so good. Oh, how about the Pekin Chop Suey and Noodle Parlor? The oldest yeah. restaurant in the state of Montana. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. It's got good food. Butte's got a beautiful vibe. It really yeah. does. Um, and I'm glad you got to experience that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Nicole, but, uh, Nicole pops up. She says, you may think your sayings are a little corny, but listening to your prayers that you say for protection are very empathetic and eloquent. So I appreciate you bringing light 
into the darkness. And I appreciate that the network and, Nicole. and, and produ- producers and production allow me to do that. When we were in there, we were getting so much response from KD's piece of equipment and he had every kind of imaginative thing. Now, and again, he didn't unfortunately get a chance to explain to you what everything did, but you saw the little TV screen. If you noticed yeah. it was a oh, camera yeah. aimed at the TV screen, that's another form of ITC. He actually went back and watched frame by frame hours of that footage to Uh-oh. see if anything showed up on that TV screen, which is uh, and go in and watch that skull experiment uh, documentary. I talked about that's okay. in my timeline and you'll see why we do that. He had like four or five different devices going simultaneously trying to communicate and we were getting hits. And wow. uh, when you, you had given me and I put it back against one of the walls, the actual trigger the, the handle. handle yeah from that i brought it with you could feel it and the, you could tell that whatever was there was trying to intimidate and i'm always very respectful of the spirits but i know brian and a, a few of the other um oh, yeah. producers when we were broke down from shooting for a few minutes they're like holy crap what are we gonna do what are we gonna and i said can i do something i think needs to be done here and now and he's like, uh, sure, just don't break anything. I'm like, nope. But the time for being nice is over. Yeah. And they 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 did pin it down a little bit. What you didn't see, Fisk, is when we have that final confrontation, Yeah, that thing kept calling for the one, the first. There were a few other mocking comments that I think they left out because they were using some derogatory terms towards the three of us okay. and some uh, unflattering language. <laughs> and... Uh, when I brought out the the handle and kind of started to posture a little bit with the spirits, which I, I very rarely do for fear it's going to get my ass kicked, but I postured and I put that thing down and I told KD, and I don't remember if it's in the episode, but I said, turn it off, shut it down. You don't get to talk to us like that anymore. Your time is done. You're out of here. This isn't your realm. And then I, I had brought, I have a bottle of holy water. And I uncorked it and I started doing blessings as we were doing it. I think they cut that part out because I think they were afraid that might go a little too on the Holy roller. Sure. But I stood up to the spirits. I, you know, I wanted them to know this is not acceptable. And in doing so, I was trying to do it as a, almost like a parent. Yeah. Like, no, no, this is it. Go clean your damn room, go upstairs and think about what you've done. And that's kind of what I was going for while trying to seal and protect the area and you could feel a palpable difference in there. It literally felt almost like, Just lift you know, when, you know, when there's been, it's hot days, hot summer days, they're doing road work, there's dust in the air and a big storm blows through and then it's over. And you just have that kind of, <sighs> that's yeah. what it felt like. There was yeah, this refreshing sweet. moment of just kind of quiet. And I think the one got the gist that we were we were picking up what was being put down my favorite thing now chris is all the emails i get i i've got to tell you i i gotta mute for a second because i'm gonna go into a coughing jag okay one of the my favorite things is week after week getting emails and i'm i'm not putting you down folks i absolutely love you (laughs) but everybody's looking for validation this is what i picked up now i do want to address the viewers This show was filmed a year ago. Realize that it was filmed a year ago. I get emails every week that are like, 
okay, Dave, for next week's episode, this is what I was picking up on. When you go in to investigate, you need to push. And I'm like, you realize we filmed that already. This is done. This is all right. We've, we've, uh, yeah, we faced Gozer. You'll just have to tune in to see if we did a good enough job. But uh, we have this moment, and I love that. You know, I get these emails from people that are like, some that are are sensitives, yeah. empaths, and but they will tell me specifically, this is what it is. And then I get the email the next week. Boy, I really would have thought that that's what it was. <laughs> but I can tell you, going into your next location, this this is what it is. And how many people are guessing at what the first or the one means? Um, and I'm getting, you know, everything from a very wealthy man to, uh, you know, one of the the rich that we haven't uncovered yet that really kind of put the hurt on people mm. to uh, to Native American tribal land and a curse yeah. to uh, elemental spirits, Tommy knockers, things that are under the ground. Now I want people to understand Tommy knockers are actually supposed to be aliens. Like they're embedded in the earth aliens that we're, when you start getting too close to where they're at, they start screwing with you. So there's many different variances and, and variations yeah. to these histories. But so I, I'm, I love getting the emails and I, my response to everybody is, I guess you'll just have to watch next week. We'll just have to see. And I, I actually had the one guy go, Oh my God. I just saw you get shot. Did you survive? Was one of the emails. And I'm like, I From did not. This season's going to yeah. get weird. Uh, oh. So some people just don't fully grasp what they're watching. Yeah. I guess they think it's an episode of Cops. It's happening live on yeah. location. Uh, they forget you know, the fact that the sun rises I, and sets. But I have, to, I have to say I'm thoroughly impressed with the Tommy Knockers uh, possible discovery or intuition. That's that's right. incredible. I love it. I love it. Sure. And and again, I I I love the I love the enthusiasm. I love that people are picking things apart. I love that there are empaths out there. I I will I have to laugh to a degree that people will tell me how wrong one of us were and how they were <laughs> completely right. And then we uh, you know, I'm like, "Did you finish watching that episode yet?" because we end up corroborating all of our ideas and our details by Chris Fisk and the the Wolfpack watch the whole episode, then tell me what we did wrong. Don't stop it halfway and tell me because it's a TV show. We're, we're building. You're, you're yeah, going to see how yeah. it gets to that point. Um, and, and that's tough. I'll tell you what's really tough for Cindy is she is so bang on. that yeah. Sometimes she, she has to kind of hold herself back because I think she's like Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes. She walks in a room and you just see the mathematical equations. She looks and I, I think she's on the stuff a lot quicker than she lets on to us. And really, because yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. I, and again, it comes to these things that yeah. didn't make it on the air that are just incredible. Um, yeah, well, it, and, and it's I'm nuts. Not but there say, are times you'll see Cindy say. She'll she'll be walking around and I make notes when I'm listening to Cindy as she's walking around and I'll hear her say, oh, there's definitely something to do with X, Y, Z. Yeah, but she won't talk about it. And then when I try to push later, she's like, not sure. I'm not sure yet. And then three episodes down the line, that part of the story airs itself. And it's like, oh, my God, she was she's playing chess on four levels. Yeah, that Katie and I are not on watching this. So I give her a lot of credit because that's that's crazy watching her balance all of that. 
it's amazing. Her abilities, you know, are, are very rare, very rare. And like you said, you know, yeah. in the business that we're in, we meet a lot of uh, mediums and psychics, you know, uh, everything from A to Reiki master. And yeah. it's very cool when you get to experience something of that. That's yeah, that's something special. It, it's it really cool to is. watch it evolve too and i've had three seasons of doing this two seasons with holzer files and one season with this for those of you that still don't know this is first season of of ghost of devil's perch but cindy and i did do another series together called the holzer files and you can go watch that on discovery plus and see 23 episodes of what i think is still one of the most superior paranormal tv shows and that's uh and i think ghost of devil's perch is right there with it but and, and not just because we're part of it, but because of what we were able to do, the history we were given, the uh, the 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 connectivity to the past with all of Hans Holzer's files. That's why I was really pleased to have you be a part of this, because oh, although Chris you. Fisk is not Hans Holzer, you were the Hans Holzer for us in this. Your love, passion and compassion for history made this series come alive to me. So I want to thank you for that. And it was always you watching bet. you come in like a cannonball. Guys, wait till you see what I found out now. I love that enthusiasm and energy that you brought with. It was I'll have you know, if I was 12 years old, they'd have medicated me just right out of the gates. <laughs> Hell, we were thinking about okay. medicating you now on, on set a few times. Um, so going over this story, seeing the, the different tragic figures that make themselves known, it's hard, again, for Cindy to sift through. You're in a courthouse where a lot of people's lives changed, right, from yeah. – probably adoptions to divorces to marriages to you know murder trials to every bankruptcies every kind of emotional gamut but these spirits definitely had a story to tell and we were getting them and and we got some of the clearest dvp now i will say this and i want to address it people will say these are some of the clearest dvp how i've never heard this kind of clear evp listen i'm getting it on a little box recorder right? Yeah. That does not have the greatest speaker pickup. What I do is we play it in scene. And a lot of times you'll hear that the first time through, I'll re-record it onto my phone and then send the audio over to uh, the production company. They go in, they don't twist it. They don't fake it, but they clean out some of the pop and hiss. And then they boost the sound floor so that you can hear the EVP because there's nothing more frustrating as a paranormal fan than watching a show and you can't hear the EVP that people are listening to. So I really appreciate that they did that. And if they couldn't hear it, they didn't air the episode. There were some that they'd be like, I'm like, I heard it. And they're like, Dave, we clean. There's nothing there. So some shows actually scrub, they call it scrub the EVP so bad yep. that it sounds like a robot talking. That drives me nuts as well. <laughs> well, the the evidence and EVPs that have been in this series are incredible. I mean, that's the uh, kind of uh, the nirvana of ghost hunting and, and the base for history, you know. Um, and I apologize to all of you listening, my coughing, my sniffling. Sneeze. I'm still not over the stupid cold. I'm feeling better today than I have in a week. And I'm hoping that in the next few days before I head to Butte, it's completely gone. Tell your your fellow beautians, I don't know what they're called, that uh, it's not COVID. Butians. I have passed. I have passed through every COVID test uh, with flying colors. Clear. I've just got a really nasty cold. I think 
two years of everybody being away from one another. Now that we're kind of all back in each other's spaces, <laughs> we're a, a regular again. cold is, is like worse than, than COVID at this point, but um, I'll be okay. Thank you for all the love and concern. Uh, Courtney says, Chris is an important member of this team. His research is instrumental in getting to the bottom of these hauntings. Oh, I agree. Courtney. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Thank you, hon. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and it's, uh, again, you, you're talking about a teacher that uh, we'd come and do our shoots at, at uh, four o'clock sometime around in there. And after these long days, boy, um, you got to rely on a team. And so obviously yeah. with what hits I didn't have, I could throw it to Lindsay and Jim, uh, Karen and Holly. Uh, and then you throw Jav into the mix and it's, it was wonderful. You know, and yeah. we're talking needles in a haystack, uh, uh, you know, out of a haystack. It, it was incredible. So, um, well, thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. Mary Hirsch says, Chris is awesome. I agree. You are one of the my favorite parts. I will say this. Doing the Holzer Files, to me, the best part was that, you know, I got to walk in the shadow of a legend and and get to reinvestigate his his claims but i i more importantly found a brother and sister with cindy and and shane coming into this series and kind of rebooting what was really nice for me is finding a new family and finding yes. a new space that i felt comfortable in and you guys all made that happen for me so i appreciate it and that's why you're gonna see good old uncle dave get a little teary-eyed <laughs> in the season <laughs> finale um well, we've teased that enough. Why don't we do this? How about if we show a quick clip from uh, the season finale? Is that good okay. for you? That's Here we great. Go. Next on Ghost of Devil's Perch. What are you picking up on? Feels almost like an entry point where the spirits can easily come and go. We're finally here. God knows what's behind these doors. What the hell? No way. Yes. We're not giving nothing away, folks. And nothing. You were hoping we were going to floating heads and screaming pirates. <laughs> nothing. That's it. We had to face that dark ass hole in the ground and go into it on our own. And it it's a trip. It is definitely Oh, it's an incredible experience. Only yeah. this time you went down there looking for a fight. Yeah, and I don't uh, want to say anything, so yeah. Um, wait till you find out what happens, Chris. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I can't wait to be there and be with the audience as we watch the final episode unfold. I, I, I'll i be very clear, and we're clear in the episode. This is not the end of Butte's history. We did not lay to rest every soul in the town of Butte, Montana, no, Butte, no, America. No. But we definitely walk through a chapter. Uh, in, in an important set of chapters and voices. And many of you may be right in your guesses that there are elementals and Native Americans and indigenous tribes and yeah. other other parts of legend and lore that may play out in the season finale or may end up playing out in the future should we get another season. We need your help. Let's blow this episode up, our final episode. Everybody watch it. Watch it. Ask all your friends to watch it, even if they have not seen any of the ep other episodes. Blow this episode up Sunday night. Watch it live. If you can't watch it live, watch it within the first 24 hours that it's out on uh, Discovery Plus or on Travel Channel. Please watch it on your DVR. Play it. Watch it live. Make it count. Make your voices heard. I see what you guys are saying. I know there are places like Reddit that hate us. 
that absolutely hate us, but that's only one site. So many of you <laughs> have been so kind on all the other social media platforms. Um, but I forgive you, Reddit. I still love you. And I forgive you for your hatred and animosity towards me and yeah. my team. But Please, um, we've got some other. Yeah. Come on, Reddit. We'll see you in Butte this weekend and, and have a great time. Um, what do you, your takeaway to this point, Chris, uh, having kind of these well, interlopers come into your town, these <laughs> outsiders and kind of have to invest themselves into your yeah. community and into these stories. Were you reticent about that when we first approached about coming to Butte to do this? Um, no, actually, your reputation preceded you. I had no concerns about that whatsoever. When this process initially began, I was visiting with a gal by the name of Madison and uh, uh, yeah. went through some of the history and information that um, uh, the town had. And it wasn't uh, a fact of, you know, gee, um, this call, this town's going to be getting in trouble and shortly and someone's going to need to address it. Um, nothing of that sort right. ever in any way, shape or form. Um, and then things started as, as you well remember happened. Um, you know, the, the way I see it, Dave is, is, you know, your crew, uh, Brian Peterson, the sound people, um, you were not hard to like, okay? You guys were wonderful. You, know, you didn't come in balls of fire telling us when and where and what we're going to do. And it was uh, a very No, that's in existence. season two. That's, that's in season, season two. two. <laughs> when and, I don't allow anybody to make eye contact with me in the town of Butte, so. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they were very accepting because you guys were too. You know, it awesome. just wasn't this this crazy old dirty town it's something beautiful has really portrayed that so i'm glad you bonded with us now that kind of makes you abusion but right now you're not butte you're just a butt okay b-u-t-t <laughs> i did like one of the signs said big butte last week i wanted to take a picture and go i like big butte and i cannot lie um so because i'm from minnesota and now part butian does that make me a minibution um no that no, probably wouldn't have given you anywhere to live in <laughs> montana <laughs> no, I'm a, no i thought you said i could always stay in your carport <laughs> you, chris dude, so you're there we'll take all you right. anytime here thank you all for tuning in hey I, we've got uh, paranormal news this week uh the the news crew um marty and and greg are going to be with me eric is still off working diligently trying to deal with the aftermath of the storms um, he will be back with us next week. Uh, and then uh, Monday, I just came back from Scotland and I brought a couple of ladies with me Two Linda's. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to be talking to the white witch of uh, Elgin. And then we're going to be talking with Linda uh, at a palace. And we're going to hear about all the hauntings, all the crazy stories, witches, ghosts, and eerie elementals. That's Monday. And then next week, We've got our season finale episode. Fisk will be here, and there'll be some other great guests, so we hope you tune in and check it out right here on the Paranormal 60. Paranormal 60.